The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. We are back in our second half of the Patricia Raskin Show today. And my guest is Lark Alita Beatty. And her book is Breaking Free from the Tyranny of Beliefs. It's a revolution in consciousness. You know, belief creates the cultures that define and connect all of us. But over time, belief systems can be suppressive, restrictive, you know, they become the truth of the culture. So if those living within those systems aren't willing to change or accept new ideas, they're forced to live within a society that limits ideas and visions and dreams and creativity. Lark Alita Beatty has more than 30 years of experience, education, and exploration in human relations and spiritual psychology. So today she's going to talk about tools for a fascinating and liberating journey of self-exploration that can open truths within ourselves and lead us to a, a deeper understanding of our purpose. And today we're talking about the core belief matrix. And there are seven beliefs that Lark has found that uh, kind of bind us to a limited perspective and how she'll talk about how we can break free from that. All right, and want to tell you about Lark, Alita Beatty. Her professional experience includes various positions within the human services field over 40 years. She now works as a resource developer for the Department of Health and Human Services in Nebraska. And she has, um, she's taken many courses. She's been trained in psychosynthesis. She's the mother of six children. And she also has been a training, done teacher training through Matrix Energetics. All right. Welcome, Lark. Hi. Hi. Thanks uh, thank you for having me, Patricia, and uh, letting me talk a little bit about my book and the Core Belief Matrix. Um, yeah, let's talk about what that is. What, what is it, basically? Okay. It is basically a set of beliefs I feel were devised by our ancient forefathers to control the masses. All of them are about separation and form a wall to box us in and hurt us in a specific direction, which is to be controlled and distracted so that we do not look within. There's a tremendous amount of um, pressure I, to not look within. I think that's changing, and I'm, I'm very happy that it is. But that has been uh, that if a person really grabs a hold of that core belief matrix, um, they won't be able to look within because the, that matrix keeps you from doing that. The beliefs in that matrix keep you from doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that, I mean, that I, I have identified seven beliefs. I'm, they may not be the best ones. I'm sure there are others. This was a jumping off place. And what I want to do by bringing this up and putting it in a book is to start a conversation, a 
conversation that um, challenges people to look at their beliefs, to think about them from a little bit different point of view. Mm-hmm. We've been programmed to believe the way we do from the moment we're born. Mm-hmm. Um, and every culture does that, of course. I mean, every child is taught to believe as their parents and their what they've been taught. So through the generations, we get pretty locked into a specific set of beliefs. And through time, we've seen where those who've tried to open up those belief systems a lot of times meet with pretty awful fates. So right. um, those. So give beliefs, us an example. I know you have seven principles. Okay, seven. Want, so yeah, um, let's try, let's start talking about those. Okay. So let's um, talk about the first I one. I would say. The, um, give me a second here. Yeah, I mean, Maybe I'll just because, take a breath here. <laughs> sure, that's okay. fine. Um, the, the, the core belief matrix that I have um, defined, yeah, for one, we have fallen from grace and are born of original sin. And um, with each belief, let me, I want to preface it with this. Each belief in Chapter 15, I define the belief. I mm-hmm. you know the whole book leads up to this. I define the emotions and issues generated by that belief, the self-talk that is generated by that belief, mm-hmm. and the deliberations and correspondence of the belief and the key to liberation of that belief. So the, I, it's a step-by-step process with each belief as to what I think. And like I said, I don't have the final answer. I'm throwing these out as to challenge people to think and to ask themselves, what do we really believe? Um, so anyway... Mm-hmm. So the first one, we've fallen from grace and are born of original sin. And this belief causes feelings of separation and abandonment, shame-based traditions, Mm. self-loathing, loathing, feelings of helplessness and worthlessness. The second one, men are given domination over the earth and everything in it, including women and children. And I would say that all beliefs kind of do that somewhat in this right now, but the Western or Abrahamic religions are the main religions that teach this belief. Other belief systems may encourage us to be more stewards of the earth and its inhabitants, not necessarily dominators. Hmm. The third one, we live in a world of duality and there must be a right and wrong answer for every issue. Um, This is very two-dimensional thinking and doesn't allow for much conversation or explorance of the nuances of life. And it causes polarization and separation of people. I mean, you're either right or you're wrong. There can't be any in-between. And, you see um, that a lot, though, with, with people of certain religions that are very, very religious. I mean, yeah. certain religious people that I know, and I know several, um, you know, they're very dogmatic. I mean, this is, and, and it helps them. It right. helps them because it just keeps them focused, and they don't go to the left or the right. They just look ahead with blinders on. Well, you know, I will say this, Patricia, about uh, I'm not, I didn't write this book for people who have found comfort and who right. found direction for uh, the way they believe. I, it, that's not my purpose. Um, my purpose, I, well, I had a teacher once tell us, actually, it was Leslie Temple Thurston of Corlite, in a seminar I was at, and she said, there are some people that are waiting to hear what you have to say in whatever way you have to say it. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that kind of stuck with me, and I would say that my book is for those people, and they'll know right. who they are because right. they'll be attracted to what I say or they'll pick up the book and they'll be attracted to the words in it. For other people, it may not even be on their radar, and that's perfectly okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some people out there that are really suffering. They're looking. They're searching. Yes. They want to know and understand things from a different level. Their belief systems are not working for them, and they may be a little frightened of, of exploring them. So I'm giving them a chance in the privacy of their own minds and their own hearts to read the book, to um, work with the explorations that are in many of the chapters in the book and uh, in, that, in that privacy, in that heart, and in that mind to question on their own and, help, and then help themselves to find a direction that it's going to be the most useful for them. And what I say may not, res- you know, they may start to read and then they say, no, this isn't for me. And that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. There will be people it will be for, there will be people it won't be for. And, I, you know, I, I don't really want to argue about it. I want just to throw it out there and let people, you know, I love to have a conversation. And I think it's, that by writing this way and presenting this, we're, I, I want to raise some new questions, new challenges, um, and in that way, we expand what we're thinking, what we know, and we can take it from there. Mm-hmm. So. Excellent. All right, let's. We have time for another one of your another. I think you were on number four. Yeah, okay. humans are sinful and guilty to the core. And the thing that I find very difficult about this one is it creates a shame-based belief system where we just cannot trust ourselves. It causes us to look outside ourselves for guidance when the richest and most profound guidance comes from within. Mm-hmm. In the book, I go into, in, in the chapter that I talk about that, I go into uh, basically how Hitler was raised and what that mm. did, and there was a whole paradigm of, uh, I think they called it dark or black pedagogy, something mm. like that. It was, a, um, it was a German phrase, but it may, basically meant that. But it meant, I mean, from day one, children were not loved. They were taught to fear their parents. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we saw where that headed. So, and it created a shame-based belief, so a belief system. So in the book, I go into that in, in, in quite a bit of detail, what shame does to us on a psychological level, mm-hmm. how we can uh, work with it and work through it. And, and that's, it's rampant in our society, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, and, the next one is... Um, yeah, I just want to comment on that. I think blaming okay. ourselves is very, very, you know, a lot of us. And, and, you know, I think to a point you can blame yourself and say, okay, I shouldn't have done that or maybe that was wrong. But then you have to move on because this, this beating ourselves up, you know, continually does nothing after right. a while. Exactly. And, um, it, again, if we, if, we can put, if we can put what we do, if we make a mistake, whatever we do... If we can put that in in the um, uh, category of just this is you know this is part of my development. I've learned what kind of what have I learned from this? What's the big picture here? How can I um, how can I put all of this into perspective? I've done a lot of that in my own life, um, and I journal a lot. So, and and I'm much better at writing than I am of talking because I. Mm. The stuff that goes on in my mind, and it, I like to write it and journal it. But that's that's the um, whole idea behind uh, working with anything, any kind of a, anything we think is a mistake, or anything that we believe that, uh, or that we have happened to us, or that we do that we're um, not, we're kind of ashamed of. We need to process it because underneath that, there's a there's a lesson to be learned. There's a uh, a gift 
I have said that in every adversity there is a gift, mm-hmm. and you can let go of the adversity when you find the gift. You, it, it may still be there. It may be a part Absolutely. of your life that won't rule you. You but know, there is you, a gift, right. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be with Lark Alita Beatty. Her book is Breaking Free from the Tyranny of Beliefs. And we're going through what these beliefs are that often limit us. And then we're going to look at ways to overcome that. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. I'm Patricia Raskin right here on voiceamerica.com. And um, before we take a break, Lark, how can people find your book? They can find it through Balboa Press. Um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, all carry it. Um, okay. And they can also, if they go into my website, www.sovereignexplorer.net, um, there's a link there also to my book. So, All right, which is great. All right, stay tuned, folks. You're listening to, again, The Patricia Raskin Show. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth reality and 21st century archaeology with dr joseph schuldenrein you'll learn about forensics ancient civilizations and human origins listen to dr schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics ranging from the unique to the sublime and yes even the mundane indiana jones myth reality and 21st century archaeology live wednesday 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific time on voice america variety now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back we are back and my guest is lark alita Beatty. her book is breaking free from the tyranny of beliefs and again, you can log on to Amazon. It's Balboa Press, a division of Hay House, and also uh, get a copy of the book. So welcome back, Lark. We've been talking about what limiting beliefs we have and uh, that bind us to a limited perspective. So I think we have a couple more to go through. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the, the, the last few are going to be, you know, probably raise a few hackles, but I'm going to say them anyway. Um, suffering is noble and expected to please God. 
And uh, I, I get, this book goes into this belief in depth, I, but I will just say this one thing. And I, this is a question I think we need to each ask ourselves. Do we as a parent or friend or sibling or son or daughter want to see other members of our family suffer? We cringe when we see somebody on television that is being hurt or that we don't even know suffering, and it bothers us. So why would an all-loving deity want its children to suffer? I cannot wrap my brain or my mind or my heart, my consciousness around that belief and think that any deity that was not man-made, I mean that any deity that was all-loving and all-encompassing that is our source would want us to suffer. Um, I think this is a man-made belief concocted in order to, to control people and give them a rationale for making them go to war, sacrifice their children, sacrifice their lives, treat each other in a hurtful manner that go against what their heart might say. It, in the long run, in the deepest sense, it is a way of controlling people. And like I said, this is it, in, in a platform like we have right now, it's uh, one of those that, you know, you could talk about for hours, but it's a very powerful concept to explore and understand. Tell us that belief again. The belief, was suffer- the belief is suffering is noble, the nobility of suffering, mm. and that we are expected to please God in that nobility of suffering. Mm. What does that really bring on us? It brings... Um, that in itself can bring a lot of shame and despair and self-loathing. Um, we endure abuse we may not think, because we think we deserve it, and no human being deserves to be abused. Um, we endure, we, we, go, we cause self-abuse, self-sacrifice, self-flagellation, all those things. Don't, we don't need to be doing those things. I mean, I realize that sometimes we do suffer and sometimes we're in situations where we watch our loved ones suffer. And again, we, the more we can look for the gift in that and um, not dwell on the suffering as much as the big picture, I, I think we're going to do better. It's, it's a very deep subject, but that's one of the beliefs that I think goes deeper and deeper and deeper and it can... And it can bring up a whole lot of sub-beliefs as we work with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Core, core belief number six? Salvation is necessary. We need a Savior. The Western or, or Abrahamic religions are the most invested in this belief. It was incorporated basically at the time Christianity was founded. Um, the Council of Nicene pretty much set that into motion in, I think it was 325 A.D., if I remember right. Um, other there are belief systems in this world. The Gnostics were one that seek direct connection with their source. They don't need a savior. It's, it's a direct thing from source. There are other ways. There are other avenues of belief. Um, each of us has a fragment of our source living in us. It is what animates our bodies, gives us life. Some people call it soul, whatever you want to call it. This part of us needs to be allowed to become the guiding force in our lives. And that is done by developing a heart-centered approach to living. So um, we, in a sense, I I think um, we've gotten into this habit of projecting our our sins on somebody else and and making, you know, on the Savior of the time. And there have been 
saviors down through history, you know, and, and of course the one, the Christian one. But um, again, that's one thing we need to maybe look at from a little bit different point of view. And that's another one I go into the, the, the book more deeply, and it's another one that's kind of hard to talk about in a short platform because there's a lot to it. We mm. don't need to be saved. We need to be awakened. And, mm. uh, because saved means that somebody's pulling us out of something, right? Right. And awake, exactly. You've got it. And, and that we're a victim. We're kind of like, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and that puts us right into that whole victim mentality. Oh, poor me, I can't do this on my own. But we can. We can take responsibility for our lives as we wake up. And we can be guided. Certainly we need teachers to guide us and help us wake up. But we don't need saving. We need to learn to take responsibility for our own awakening. All right, core belief belief number seven. Okay, that one is another one that's, uh, God is an authoritarian deity, angry, jealous, demanding, vengeful, dangerous, and capricious. Because God is usually male and bestows favors on his chosen and destroys his not chosen. If the whole world and creation is a part of God, why would there be chosen and not chosen? Mm-hmm. What of all-knowing deity would be that petty? That's a man-made belief. That's a man-made God. And this is a jealous God. Well, if God's jealous, then there's other gods. So, you know, there's a, um, there's a lot of history around this subject that needs to be brought out into the open that's been kind of hidden, put away. Um, I will throw in here that if one is interested in finding more about that particular subject, I mean, my book goes into it, and I, I strongly recommend my book, but there's some other reading that is very powerful. What is, that's the fifth interview of Dr. Neruda on the Wingmakers website, mm-hmm. um, the James Mahu interview with Project Camelot, and then if you, you know, you can also go into the Sumerian Tablets, Lost Book of NK, things like that, which will give you more history. But um, the, those two that I mentioned, the fifth interview of Dr. Neruda and the uh, Project Camelot, interview are very powerful interviews so um, and, and that's just that's something that I learned way after I published the book but I wanted to throw it in there because I think right. it's really helpful and those are about uh, looking at God not as angry and vengeful exactly but looking at first source in fact it's looking at first source or our source with the um, the idea of of, of the divine love, which is appreciation, compassion, forgiveness, humility, understanding, and valor. And if we can use all of those as the process, then uh, um, we're looking at a, a source from a different way. So I have a test of whether a belief is one I can work with or not and one that will help me find my path back to first source. Does a belief teach me to love and seek understanding of my health fellow human being regardless of race, gender, or orientation, or does it teach me to hate and feel better than my fellow human? Does a belief encourage us to respect all forms of life on this earth, or does it encourage us to disrespect the plant and animal kingdoms and other people? Does the belief teach separation, better than thinking, self-righteous thinking? Is, it, is the belief shame-based? Does a belief promote violence towards our fellow humans? And so by using that, those um, five points, basically there's more, but those are kind of some pretty basic ones. I, I can test out a belief. Is this something that 
really speaks to me is this something that would possibly be uh, a God-given belief or is it a man-made one? That helps me. It might help somebody else, hopefully. (laughs) And if people want to contact you, you can work with them on their beliefs. Yes, correct? Yeah, yes. Actually, if you want to go to my blog, which is www.sovereignexplorer, all one word, lowercase, and the word sovereign is S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N, explorer, dot mm-hmm. net. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, uh, I, I have several blog posts there. You can okay. write me messages. I'll respond to them. All right. All right. We're going to have to close, but I think this is powerful. The book is Breaking Free from the Tyranny of Beliefs by Lark Alita Beatty. And she can work with you. You can uh, contact her, sovereignexplorer.net. And you can also, um, is uh, any other website, SovereignExplorer.net, right? Yes. Um, okay. That, there's also an email, lark.sovereignexplorer at gmail.com okay. as well. Um, right. Okay. Thank you so much. Stay on the line for a minute. Thanks so much, Lark, for being on the program. Thank it's you great for having book. me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Good. Great, great, um, great information for our listeners. All right, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next week, I'm Patricia Raskin. Look me up, patriciaraskin.com, and I have uh, all the shows from Voice America are archived on their site, but you can also go to my site, patriciaraskin.com. Until next time, have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 